In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by the number of Hall of Dogma Facebook posts Tony Vance puts out in just one hour. Welcome into episode 36 of The Gospel Friends. I am David Rev Verbage. I am Chase Captain Crunchy Thompson. I am Nuclear Nick, and I didn't realize we were doing our superhero names. We are now. Well, there we, we just, go. We just did. Good old the uh, the director Tony. We appreciate. Uh, we're just picking on you a little bit, buddy. I'd, Look, that was a good intro because I I was like, you said before the show I'm going to do a hollow dog intro, and then that was that was good. Yeah, so well played. Tony keeps things alive and kicking proudly in the Hall of Dogma, which is the voted recently by. Oh please go ahead. Um, uh, Facebook users everywhere. The number one. <laughs> And the podcast awards. Then, oh, yo, that's been that would have been a good one. Let's start yeah, over. Leo Laporte. Brought to you this week by. Uh, We're gonna do it all over again. No, I was just kidding. All right. Um, so he, um, yeah, voted the number one Facebook page Group. in all of Facebook. Facebook. They're here. <laughs> this is I love watching the Hall of Dogma. Hallofdogma dot com will actually get you there. Yep. Will in it? a quick and easy way. It will. Thanks to Nick and also. Jeremiah, who had the same idea, just didn't implement it. That's right. Speaking of Nick, job, how do Jeremiah. you uh, get in touch with us, Nick? Hallofdogma.com. Good job. All right. We've sped through that. Good. Time to get into the show. <laughs> Good job, man. This is exactly what we asked for, a streamlined intro. <laughs> this is hilarious. The Twitter, at MyGospelFriends. Good, Nick. Keep it up. <laughs> Nick, you are you are on fire today. Uh, uh, email. What is our email address, Nick? Uh, it sounds like Nick's a little confused. Allofdogma at gmail.com? <laughs> is that right? Uh-oh, Are I you serious right, right now? I don't know what it is. I think it's in it, my gospel friends. I can't no, it's the gospel notes. friends. Oh, my goodness. This is why nobody so ever editing. emails us. <laughs> hey, this, that Actually, whole, it's been a while before. That whole let's streamline the contact info stuff really worked out Just well. went up in smoke. Keep, keep forging ahead. We're almost there. <laughs> They've mentioned Twitter and Facebook, obviously. Uh, the group on Facebook, the Hall Dog, is a group. The membership is closed, uh, but we have not turned anyone away. It's just uh, that you know a little of. bit of a... <laughs> yes, that I know of. Um, but there is a page out there that we don't use much, um, <clears throat> Jeremiah. And then uh, we no, got, no, I posted on that page this week. It got like 15,000 views, and I'm not even kidding. That's awesome. Uh, email us at thegospelfriends at gmail.com, not my gospel friends. Uh, probably should get that one, though. Um, and then we've got a voicemail set up if you want to kind of call in and leave a message, 205-575-9735, if long-distance charges are an issue for you. You can also leave us a message on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. You should so do that. We would love to hear from you, and we would probably put your voicemail on the air as long as it's not horrible. What I do think is cool is I think a lot of the the folks that were communicating that way have taken to starting discussions in the Hall of Dogma, which I love, um, and so don't necessarily want to take away from the Hall of Dogma. But if you do want to leave voice feedback, please feel free to do so. 
And I want to give a shout out to our new friend, Travis Hinkle, who left the best uh, review of the week this week on uh, iTunes. He says, uh, he titles it Paducah, Kentucky's favorite podcast. He says, I heard about the Gospel Friends on another podcast and started listening about a month ago. I've since been going through all the old episodes to glean all the gospel goodness possible. Seriously, thank you guys for just being yourselves. It's like sitting at the table next to you at Waffle House. Uh, goal met at 2 a.m. and eavesdropping on your conversation. P.S. I used to live right across the river from Paducah, Kentucky, and Arminian Superman's hometown of Metropolis, Illinois. Thank you, <laughs> Travis. You are the man. That is. That's so. He, he hit on so many things there. Waffle yes. House at 2 a.m., my incessant picking on of Paducah, Kentucky. I'm in the surprised early one of their uh, long riflemen has not plopped you in the in the chest for all of that well they're probably on their way but they come by a horse and buggy and they started out eight months ago so. <laughs> probably so now you know in the early it's coming in the early days of the show i was poking fun at paducah a lot just to what did you know, paducah ever for, do to you it was just something to do i mean i didn't really think anybody was listening of all the fun, it was, it was like the the three of us, two of our wives, and Rob Johnson. Of all the all fun we've made of of Kentucky itself, uh, or Paducah in specific, that is the uh, fourth uh, that we rank fourth. Uh, that's the fourth state overall who listens to Gospel Friends out of fifty. Uh, we, it's, it's Alabama, uh, Texas, Georgia, Kentucky. Okay, so and the the new uh, Gospel Friends T shirt that we're designing. How about the slogan on the back? Um, we love Kentucky more than Mississippi. That's well. It's you know. Oh boy, Mississippi loves us less than Kentucky, so that would be fair. Yeah. What's on tap for today? What has just happened? I am going to bring the uh, award-winning ep- uh, segment. What were you thinking? International and local edition, because we actually have a Birmingham story this week. Oh no! I am oh, going. Not that that's do. where we are. Oh, we have, we've said where we are before. Hey, by the way, how did what podcast did Travis hear us mention on? He says the name now eludes me, but. Um, uh, Stuff you should know, or this week in tech, I think. <laughs> Mention the gospel friends yeah, on their or podcast? the uh, the serial podcast. They talk about us a lot too. Um, okay. For on tap for us for for my my story this week, we're talking about bad preaching, okay. uh, and 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 I will just say we're going to play a little video that has some. Uh, King James language that you might not want your kids to hear, and we'll give one more little warning about that. Why would you not want your kids to hear from the King James? You are going to anger the old paths God. He's probably already sharpening his sword to come after me. He is going to slay you. Yes. This is going to be his episode. He's going to be so excited. Yeah, he will. He will. We're actually going to have some King James preaching. Yes, but then we're going to disagree with it, so he's going to get mad. Well, don't give away the farm. What else are we talking about? Well, I'm going to have my segment Free dropped farm. due to time constraints. Sure. <laughs> hey, hey, David, who, who was that you were talking to just then? That was awesome. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. This is the part of the show where we let Nick talk. Nick talk. We let him talk in the uh, contact info, yep. and we let him introduce the, his segment that we never do. That's right. I'm like the Kenny of the Gospel Friends. Like, <laughs> No, we got to get a T-shirt that says the Kenny of the Gospel Friends, too. Who killed Nick's episode? That's what the segment is. Hey, that is beautiful. Okay, so just for fun, what segment are you kind of planning to do? Same same one that uh, I didn't get to do last week. Oh, okay. Great. <clears throat> well, sorry about that, Nick. <laughs> hey, it's fun. Hey, if, it, if it makes you feel better, there are there there are 
people who are um, you know doing hashtag free Nick on Twitter. Right <laughs> people now. that are advocating for you. That's right. That's yeah. right. Sometimes it's just I may hard have to made get up fake Twitter accounts. A word in Edgewise. And, yes. All right. What are what are you doing today? I already said the bad preaching thing. Oh, that's right. We've already talked about that. Yeah. I have amnesia, and and I'm doing what would what were you thinking? So let's get get at it. Are you ready? What were they thinking? What that is what the audience is asking right now. Why did I turn this on? Straight from uh, Florida in the United States, zombie cat claws way out of grave and into our hearts. Ugh, that sounds kind of disgusting. Parents, I wonder where he gets these children. A Florida well, feline has been dubbed Zombie Cat after clawing his way out of an untimely grave. The cat's owner, Tampa resident Ellis Hudson, told ABC News he found his pet, Bart, in the road a couple of weeks ago. Bart, Bart who seemed to have been hit by a car, was in a pool of blood, and Hudson says mm-hmm. he was sure the cat was dead. Because him and the animal were so close, he couldn't, bury to, uh, he couldn't bear to bury it himself. He enlisted the help of a neighbor. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, that's, that's not funny. <laughs> that's not, well, I have a cat. It, it's kind of funny to me. But days later, a begraggled Bart, who apparently dug himself out of the ground, made his way to another neighbor's yard. I hope. Am I the only one that's still laughing at your comment? I have a cat. It's kind of funny to me. I opened the door. I think Nick missed that. He's doing something important. I opened the door, and my neighbor's staying I'm there with the cat in her hand. Bart's not dead. I said, she said, Bart's not dead. And I said, that's impossible. We buried Bart. So, hey, here's Bart. Look. Oh, my God. So Bart Bart had... Um, oh, oh, yeah. that's not okay. So Bart had the... Um, he, yeah, he, he, he had some decomposing? injuries. He had some injuries. So I just want to picture being uh, like walking down the road and, and, and glancing over and up out of the ground clawing its way is a is a cat. Uh, well, that, do you uh, run because you know you're thinking, oh, zombie apocalypse, or do you go help the cat because you know what's a cat going to do? I mean, my first thought would be, I own a cat, so I understand what they did. Um, but then, but then I would I think you know what didn't, that means. You, you probably just didn't hit the cat hard enough before you put it. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to lose our clean rating, and we're going to have – look, the humi- humane society. story later is going to cause us to lose our clean rating. Yeah, really. I mean, why, if we're going to have I – mean, if we're going to play King James version Bible verses, we're going to talk about a zombie cat. It? Look, I'm curious I, I, Driven Snow. Our, our cat is, is fine. I, in the early days of the show, I mentioned my, my dislike for cats, and then we ended up with one after my kids begged <laughs> me for one. They found a, a campground. Wandering around, um, who, which Emmanuel says was probably actually someone's pet that we stole, but probably um, she just she's it's she's it's weird. She just I mean she claws at the carpet. You know, does cat things? Yeah, she does cat things. Gets hair everywhere. Hey, tomorrow's headline today: ASPCA boycotts Gospel Friends show <laughs> until David McConnell is thrown off. Well, and look, arrested. I can't. I, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but she's it's like, like I didn't I, I realize. Wouldn't, I wouldn't go too much deeper here. You're already ticking the cat at lovers off big time. So apparently, cats, female cats, have certain seasons they go into. Oh, good heavens! And so I come home, and there's like she stays in the garage. And I come home, and there's like six or seven stray cats just sitting, standing outside our garage, and I have to shoo them all off. Look, David, that's bad parenting. <laughs> Uh, to, you know, it, it, that's on you. 
Okay. You have to kind of set the the rules of the house and enforce wow. them. So it's my fault. Well, if I came home and there were six or seven teenagers outside your door, I mean, that's, yes, it's your fault. You don't tolerate that kind of stuff. I just didn't realize that that cats had those issues and. Cats Do you really problems. want to talk about pet ownership? Uh, oh yeah, you don't. In seasons of yeah, dog story. Actually, he does oh, want to yeah, talk about it. Does. We don't want him to talk about. I it. have Plymouth, got a England. great story for you guys. This is Plymouth, awesome. Plymouth. You believe England. what happened to my dog a couple of months ago? Alex Nash, five years old, gets twenty four dollar bill from the friends. The kids at church. Hey, whoa, 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 for Christmas. Whoa, whoa. What from friends? Listen, nothing makes me matter than you guys trampling over my headlines. I know. We're sorry. Y- y'all, y'all, I've I've talked to you about this in production meeting after production meeting. If Get, only let my headline stand. If you only you were some sort of warrior or fighter. Hashtag or free David's headline. There you go. <laughs> Plymouth, England. Okay. You guys with me? We're Plymouth, England. England. Yep. Alex Nash, Not five years old, gets $24 bill from friend's parents for missing birthday party. So have you ever had the kid? So I've spotted a flaw in the headline. <laughs> what is the flaw? There's not a $24 bill. A $24 bill. Invoice. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I was it's being England. Too, Maybe they have $24 bills literal. over there. A five-year-old boy in Plymouth, England, was given a $24 invoice for missing a Thank friend's you. birthday party oh my in an unusual dispute that appears to be headed to court. So Are little you serious? Yeah, little Alex was supposed to attend a party at a local ski park in December where kids were treated to snow tubing and tobogging. Tobogganing. So how do you Tobog- miss that Tobogganing party? and lunch. However, Alex's parents said they realized last minute they also had plans to see his grandparents. Oh, really? Ouch. No. We ask we ask what Alex we ask Alex what he wanted to do and he wanted to see his grandparents. And so he went to school and his friend his friend's parents pinned an invoice on his backpack <laughs> for twenty four dollars for a child's no party show fee. Um and uh, and and they're billing and then now their parents are refusing to pay. Alex's parents are not paying and they're talking about going to court over the twenty four dollars. What is sad is they will probably win. What is sad is that the whole story is sad. Well, sound like all of these people sound terrible. Have you ever? Uh, what I'm, happens? I, mean, I don't think the parents <clears throat> of the kid who wanted to see his grandparents are that terrible. Well, it just sounds a little flippant, kind of last minute. Hey, we committed to going to the party. Well, you want to go see your grandparents? Said, I but, love but grandparents. Many, so. But how many times? I mean, with kids' parties, I mean, you've got like seventeen of them. So, I mean, how easy for is it for your schedule to get to where you can't make one? Well, you know, there's truth to that. I, I think mean, there's nothing. I, ski parents I are the worst guys. Ski parents. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I do understand, like you know, because your your kids invite people to a party, um, and and some kids don't show up, and it's disappointing for your child. But I would never think about invoicing another parent over yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not going to make the situation better. No. Of course. That's pretty ridiculous. And then if they don't pay it, taking them to court, that's that's the one that probably gets me is the, that's the lawsuit. I think, if, I think even worse is like if there's a party and your kids don't get invited. I think I would bill for that. I'm gonna start billing for that. I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send. You're gonna be sending a lot of it. I'm gonna send a lot of invoices out. Fifty dollars for uh, pain and suffering of well, a child you're, for not you're being invited. You probably make a lot of money because there is a lot of children at the Hall of Dogma Church. Now that I think about it, everybody. now I think about it, I, I think I should. You know, when I don't get invited to stuff. Oh, here we go. That's actually where I thought you were going sooner. Yeah, when I don't get invited to things, I should bill. I, you got some invoices coming, Thompson. <laughs> 
What? What? A lot of, a lot of You've dinner. been over to my house more than I've been over to your house. A lot of dinners house. out. I, look, I love the way this this always plays out this exact same way. So the audience is getting a peek behind the Hall of Dogma Church curtain right now. Dateline, Birmingham, Alabama. This argument happens Home. once every six weeks. And we, I'm the one that usually gets in trouble. I don't know if you guys heard about this. I, I did. It was a, There was a massive wreck on an Alabama freeway uh, right outside of Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Somebody told me about this story. Okay, right outside of Tuscaloosa, which is, um, of what, about... Uh, God's hour, country. Hour, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's anything but Home God's was the country. greatest living American. Hour and a half away, something like that. Yep. The home of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Can you cue uh, the uh, music there? Not yeah, for sure. okay. not 2014 national champions, but uh, a truck driver, Closer than a all. truck driver distracted by yanking free his own tooth, veered <laughs> off the road and caused a miles long backup on off the freeway here in Alabama. So there was a truck driver. You can't make this crap up. No, you can't. Hey, where was Sorry. where was John? Harp. I would need to check with John. Would <laughs> when I first heard this story, I thought, I hope it's not John. Okay, so I could see John Yankee. Fifty-seven-year-old truck driving. driver, unnamed, um, was uh, John's not that old yet. No, no, he's not. Was uh, he lost control? He stated he lost control of his truck while he was pulling a tooth with both his hands. He had the tooth. <laughs> he had the tooth in his shirt pocket as proof. Maybe the truck went into a ditch. Maybe we jackknifed into so. some trees, and um, it was a mess on the uh, freeway. <laughs> so, oh, that's gross! It's hard it to chases. get both your hands around one of your teeth. Why? Why? What? I mean, maybe I feel sorry for him. He doesn't have dental insurance. Is that why he needed to do that? I mean, why would you need to yank your own tooth out? I mean, he was trying to pull his own tooth. I mean, I've never. I mean, I guess. Maybe it was just really hurting him, and he had to pull it. But I mean, why choose when you're going down the road with both your hands? I, that it, it's insane. You know what would have been a great story for, uh, what were you thinking, Birmingham edition? What was that? If Nick, when we were just interrupted by interlopers at the church, had actually shot somebody, and we, you know, we made it on our own show. That would have been that would have been great, awesome. Well, very Nick, meta of us. So Nick, Nick has had to go check on. Why are we having this discussion? Intruders, because it was funny, and Great. and Chase yelled after him, "Shoot first, ask questions later." Yep. But he didn't. He didn't shoot first, which is fortunate. Which I'm, I'm glad it was didn't. my son and your son yes, that were I'm intruding on yeah. us. Hence the logic implored by me. So observing the situation, calmer minds prevailed. Well done, Nick. Truck drivers Wait, everywhere. I'm a calmer mind. Yeah. I'm Can impressed. somebody note the date and time, please? <laughs> okay. Please wait till the truck stop to pull out your teeth. Or see a dentist. PSA. Yeah, either one. It, that would even be better. PSA? Isn't that a... What is that? Is that a prostate Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you get tested when you get to be a little around our age. Uh, what does that have to do with pulling your teeth? It could also stand for public service announcement. Oh, okay. Prostate-specific antigen public service announcement. I was about to either say, one, we, we were just either talk- one fits in that conversation. Okay, well, don't, don't do any type of medical... Procedures on yourself going down the road. Is picking your nose a medical procedure? Wait to the truck stop. I guess it depends on how. <laughs> is it blocking? How deeply is it blocking is. the air passage? Okay. Because everybody knows when you're in your car picking your nose, you totally become invisible. Okay, I'm so not, nobody else can see you. I'm not riding in your car anymore. <laughs> Ever okay. again. Maybe we need to edit. Hey, let's that do something out. serious. Oh, we're not editing that. 
Dang. You got something serious we can do? I think I do. Well, it doesn't start serious. It doesn't. <laughs> it starts very unserious. And here's where we will give a bit of a disclaimer. We're about to play a video of a pastor. His name is Stephen. I'm not going to say his last name because I'm not Anderson. totally – <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, my whole point in this next segment is not to totally make fun of this guy. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him except that uh, I've seen this video where he's talking about something from the good old King James Bible. Uh, we're going to talk about bad preaching today, uh, drawing the wrong conclusions from the Bible text and how to do some good preaching. Good old uh, King James. Uh, exactly. Uh, G-O-K-J-B. I like the King James Bible, except when it's misused and abused, and Mm. in this particular case it is. Uh, So we'll talk about that, and then we're going to end up talking about uh, Grace Point Church in Nashville, which had uh, some very famous bad preaching this week. So uh, we'll go ahead and cue up the video. Parents, if you're listening with your children, if you have sensitive ears, there is a word used repeatedly in this video that uh, is considered more of a, a vulgar word today, even though it truly is it's, in the King James Bible. But he's just reading the Bible. He is, and he explains So you're giving that. a disclaimer before someone reads the Bible. I know if I was listening to the show in the car with my kids, my wife would whack me with a rolled the old, up newspaper. The old, or if you read to your kids from the Bible. True, I guess. Oh, wait. You've tripped to me. Tripped me up. Okay. Anyway, here's the video. I'm going to close with one thing. I was reading my Bible this week. And I kept seeing this phrase jump out at me in the Bible. And you're not going to like this, but you haven't liked the sermon up till now, so why would I, why would I try and please you now? You're going you're to be mad no matter what I say. But I was reading the Bible, and uh, I kept seeing this phrase, and I, and I studied this phrase in the Bible. It's used six times, and it's used by God. It's used out of the mouth of God. And uh, it's when the prophet is preaching to the king of Israel, and he says, uh, I'm sorry, Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and he said, Thus saith the Lord. He said, I will destroy from Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall. Have you ever seen that phrase in the Bible? Put it up your hand. Him that pisseth against the wall. You see that in the Bible. It's used six times in the Bible. And it's, you know, six is a significant number in the Bible. It's the number of a man. You know, there are different numbers that represent different things in the Bible. Like seven is the number of completion. You know, five is the number of death. And you'll see that all throughout the Bible. People being killed under their fifth rib. Genesis 5-5, Acts 5-5, on and on. You'll see uh, different numbers and, and significance of numbers, and, and the six times this phrase is used in the Bible, and you say, oh, I can't believe you, you speak that with it's vile. I'm sorry, but the Bible says that the words of Jesus Christ are wholesome words, and the Bible says every word of God is pure. And so don't accuse me of using bad language. That's what the Bible says. He said, I will destroy him that pisseth against the wall. Now, what did, did you ever stop and think, what did God mean by that? Did he mean, well, I mean, what did he mean? Obviously, what is he talking about? All the men, right? He said, he said I'm going to kill all the men that come from Jeroboam. Because there's a difference between men and women. Men piss against the wall. Women don't. Okay? And so God said, he used that language. He used that expression. And by the way, that expression is only in the King James Bible. The New King James eliminates it. This is what the New King James says. Males. All the males. And you know, the, the guys who made it, they are males. They're not men. And God said, a man is somebody who pisses against the wall. Did you know this? When I was in Germany, and you're not even going to believe this. You say, why are you preaching this? Because it's in the Bible. Okay. I was in Germany, and uh, I went to use the restroom in Germany in several different people's houses. I mean, totally different people. 
and even in public places, they had a sign that prohibited a man from peeing standing up. I'm not kidding. I mean, you can ask, my wife is from Germany, and I was there for three and a half months. They had a sign in people's house, they had a sign in the public restroom that prohibited, and I'm not going to, you know, it was like a circle and a line through it, and it's no pee standing up. And I asked my wife, I said, is that like, I thought it was a joke. I think, is that a joke? That's kind of a crude joke. She said, it's not a joke. She said, no man in Germany pees standing up. That's where we're headed in this country, my friend. We got a bunch of passers who pee sitting down. All right, so the... Um the uh, Old Paths Guide, as I mentioned earlier, at Old Paths Guide on Twitter. It's going to be extremely excited that uh, we played a little good yeah. King James preaching, but he's not going to be excited that you gave a disclaimer before it was played. Probably not. Uh, probably not going to be happy about that. But at least we learned what's wrong with America today. And I bet 99% of Americans did not realize, didn't realize that sitting down while you go to the bathroom for a man especially a pastoral man, is the thing that's wrong with America. Well, you know, I have been warning you personally about that for years, having... Why do you know how Chase goes to the bathroom? Well, oh we... Edit points. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying. This is the serious we, part of the show. We have, we have a bathroom with stalls, and I just... That's... That's Chase's mode of choice. I'm just saying. For listeners, I'm shaking my head and rolling my eyes. That's, that's the point. problem with preachers in America, is that they... Well, hopefully down we'll to, soon be they delivered. They down to do number one. Gosh. I was afraid we wouldn't be able to handle this in a mature way. And Look, so far my fears a, this are being guy, realized. This guy's a, this guy's a joke. He's a jo- I saw this video several years ago. But so I mean, you know this guy? guy? I, I've, I've watched several of his videos. He's just I a mean, joke. He's, That's strong. <laughs> I know him personally. You've no, gone to him face to face about this issue. Is he going to be a new enemy of the gospel? No, friends? I haven't. Thank oh, you. Oh, look, I'm pretty sure the first time he listens, he's an enemy of the gospel. No, 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 no. Th- I got you. Th- thank you, the 15 spokesperson. No, I haven't went to him personally. <laughs> oh my goodness. We are, remember back in the early Nick almost died. Water back in the early knows. days of the show, where we used to make enemies hand over fist with every every few breaths. Where well, we're back to that. Okay, I'm sorry. He Look, has some I, interesting raili- ra- uh, railings, railings, railings. I like that. against Calvinism. So, yeah. oh, I enjoy listening. Okay, to him. well, yeah, back I'm back. having fun. No offense if you're uh, if you're Steve. in the 15 or if you're Stephen or go to his church. One of those, or if you live people. in Paducah. Or, <laughs> look, or guy, you like cats. This guy, look, the guy, he 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 makes YouTube videos other than just preaching. He, he, he obviously has a lean on sensationalism in his preaching he, and his And he goes song. and makes YouTube videos of confrontations with immigration officers and things like that. So I just have a hard time taking the guy serious. Well, that, I mean, just listening to but, the little clip that we did, that is, to be very clear, it's not just bad preaching. It's terrible preaching. That is not even remotely what the Bible means about that passage. It's the use of a Hebrew euphemism to refer to a male. It doesn't even say in the text how a male should go to the bathroom. I mean, it's it's just... 
it's it's ridiculous in the extreme. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, that today. Bad preaching, how not to do bad preaching. And I want to ask you guys. And how and, not to go to the bathroom if you're a man. We're not going to talk about that because oh. that's a little outside the scope of the show. Okay. And we do Sorry. want to try to get to Nick's story, at least make a, you know, uh, an Make a valiant effort. Yes, yeah, so he knows. <laughs> and so going to you first, Nick, what would you say would be some of the worst examples of bad preaching you've ever I, I don't have I don't have a specific example. Well, that was really good. Okay, every wow. Oh, I'm sorry. That wow, was, I, a little quick on the trigger figure. Hey, 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 let, let him actually get through. My bad. A uh, sentence. Emmanuel's going to get I'm mad at you, you, you both. Uh, my kind of thing I, that just irks me is politics from the pulpit. Um, just whatever the headline of the day is, and finding a reason to preach about that, um, and usually take a political side or rail against the other from the pulpit when. The Bible probably speaks to the issue. It probably doesn't speak to your side of the political issue's stance and trying to to shoehorn it in, which is a little bit what it feels like he did there, which is he wanted to make a point about non-masculine men in culture, and then he found a way to bring it to a sermon. I just I think that does a drastic disservice to the office of, of pastor. That was really good. That was you should, you See, should, y'all let you me should talk. talk more often. It's, it's amazing what happens. You should talk more often. I probably should. I would be stretching to think of an example right now of some bad preaching I've been around. I mean, it's um, – but, uh, you know, I, I – I so think what, the, what the Nick bro is, fest between the two of y'all since you're, he's the pastor you <laughs> listen to preach much? What? Uh, no. I, oh, okay. I don't really know he that I've ever – He doesn't listen to me very much. I do, too, listen to you. Listen to you this morning. Let me tell you what your sermon was about. <laughs> Please don't. We really <laughs> will you, lose the clean tag. Don't do it. you missed the first part of the sermon. <laughs> no, I've I, 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 I listened to all your messages. Move As a matter of fact, I typically, on, I typically give um, – you know, I go back and talk you, about you what, do, what you have preached about recently to show you continuity. you say some kind words. You're uh, a good continuity guy. I, I like continuity. But uh, th- this, I think what Nick is saying, great example. He had a point he wanted to make, and it's, he's absolutely misuse of Scripture in order to make that point. And by the way, I, I, don't, I, I do not know this guy, and, and for my uh, bravado a moment ago, <laughs> if he is a follower of Jesus, and then he's a brother in Christ. And, um, and I want to, as lovingly as I can say, that I think he's a joke. But... You know, it's uh, you know, can I say that and it be, you know, still loving? Uh, I think you can be. Tr- I think you're being truthful. I don't, okay. I'm not offended by what you All said. Right, cool. <laughs> so uh, I think that's you know he he, I mean to use that verse for uh, to talk about manhood and and kind of to basically is to use a text to get on a soapbox about an issue. So you have a, you know, you have a soapbox issue, you have something that you you want to rail about and and you either find a text that appears to um validate what you want to say or you you just look for any even remote uh hint of what you you want to rail about and and branch off. That he was not preaching that passage of scripture at all because that's not what I think it's 1 Kings 16 is what he's yeah. preaching from. Had no, has nothing to do with manhood there. Yeah, at all. So, um, but I can't really think of. For me, I, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I will in a minute. I don't know if I can think of a. Hey, this was really bad preaching that I sat down and heard one time. Cool. Maybe something will come to me in a moment. Well, in a minute, I'm going to ask you guys how how do we do a better job of preaching in a world where 
Uh, there's so many examples of bad preaching. Heresy blankets, the airwaves. Heresy blanket. <laughs> uh, boy, that sounds good. We should we should incorporate that sometime. Or just stuff shirts. But, uh, but but let me ask you a few questions. To you guys, what makes for bad preaching? Is is it more likely? Um, do you prefer a longer sermon, or do you prefer a shorter sermon? Which is the best way to communicate in today's world? Nick, I'll go to you first on that. We're back in the serious side of the show, right? Yep. Okay. Um, honestly, sermon length, I don't know, should be – message length, I think, is a little bit dictated by the, the form you're, you're in um, and the congregation you, you have. But I, I don't think it, it's – I don't think it matters. I mean, honestly, I, I think if you – if you know, I'm – I don't think you have to be charismatic to necessarily jive with what I'm saying, but if the Lord laid on your heart a message, or if you're preaching through a sermon and it takes 35 minutes to make your point, it takes 35 minutes. If it takes 55 minutes to make your point, it takes 55. What I what I guess just irks me is when you know it just seems like the pastor's got to justify him being at the church by how fancy he sounds and how over articulate and, and for how long. But if, but if you're truly breaking open the word in, in a verse or a passage or, or, you know, a topic that you, you've been given or the Lord's led you to, or, or however, however it kind of breaks down in your church, I don't think sermon length matters as long as you're true to the word and you don't shy away from or try to shoehorn in other stuff to make your point or, you know, Wave your political flag or whatever it is, sports team. Second home run for Nick. Good, good. That, that was good. Really? I, I, now yeah. you're now you're. I think we're ready. No, to put I'm not. The show. I actually, I actually, uh, yeah, your uh, trial's going good. I actually uh, agree, <laughs> Jeremiah, with what you actually agree with what you said there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a huge deal. Like I wouldn't say I'm right now in this season somewhere around forty forty five minutes, but I, I mean, I wouldn't say. Uh, the I best do shudder to go back to the days of the competition between the two of you. Just for the record, there was there was definitely a season where the sermons were were much longer. And uh, but I mean, I don't think there's a, to say uh, a good sermon's got to be at least an hour. I don't buy that. I don't buy. I don't buy the sermon shouldn't be over thirty minutes because mm-hmm. people's attention span can't handle it. That, I think I think that's one of the most horrendous excuses for sermon length. I mean the the People's attention span is just fine. People, people can people can listen and take in. And um, what if the aim you know. though is? So I don't I, I don't think the length is the issue. What if the aim, the target quote, quote unquote target audience, is not a necessarily a fellowship of believers, but maybe targets of the gospel? Hmm. Is that worth augmenting the time over? Because I mean. You know, here on Sunday mornings, the idea is it's either people who um, are already "quote unquote" bought in to you or the way you do things, or um, think they are. Um, but if you're doing more of an evangelistic outreach thing, do you do you think that's worth augmenting your time for? I do personally think it, it is better to be short in evangelistic situations. But I will say this: I and this is this is something I'm really wrestling with personally. As David shakes his head at us. That's why we call him Compromiser Chase. Hey, hey, I. So I think I hear something knocking preach. at the door. Can I borrow your uh, sidearm there? <laughs> wow. I. I preach longer than I want to in general. Really? Like, like I think today uh, I preached on uh, Hebrews 7. I think it was about 52, 53 minutes. That is, that is longer than I want to go. 
Um, I try to refine, try to refine, try to f- refine. I'm just not very. I'm not very good at it. I've cut a ton of stuff out of the sermon um, in the in the refinement process. But generally speaking, I think when you're teaching in the church, like people like David Platt, he he goes an hour, uh, possibly even more uh, frequently. But he's 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 great. If you're a bad preacher. And I mean, you're not very good at it. Yeah. You don't want to preach that long. And I, you know, it's hard to tell whether you are or well, not. If you're a bad preacher, you might not want to preach at all. Might do something else. You might, you Maybe. might find something to do. Rimshaw. Maybe pastor instead of preach and, and, and partner with somebody else who's good at preaching and or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think. long story short, I'm rambling here. I do think in an evangelistic situation, focusing more on the gospel and not talking as much might be one of those instances where pruning is more fruitful, a la John 15, if I can stretch the metaphor. And I may be making a distinction that some people would call the difference between preaching and maybe teaching, too, so that, you know, I've I've heard people have that. I I just, I mean, it may be, I would gauge it on assuming where you're going. I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. I would, if I go to church and preach, I'll, I'll always ask how long, yeah, how long are they used to or how long? You know what's yeah, the what's yeah. the time, and, and I would do the same thing if I was going to do a conference or, you know, an evangelical based or evangelistic message. You know how okay, what's the time allotted, and then stay in that time. If you're at your own church, then There's dictate that in other ways. Yeah, good. Okay, so sermon length is not something that makes bad preaching. What about things like errors? Like for instance, uh, Andreas Kostenberger wrote an article uh, for in April of 2014 that was in Christianity Today. He points out some significant errors that preachers often make. And and D. A. Carson has written one of my favorite books. It's short. Every preacher should have it. It's called Exegetical Fallacies. It, it's some common errors that preachers make. And it's a little bit different from Kostenberger's uh, article. But for instance, uh, Kostenberger mentions that Jesus did not die when he was 33 years old. He was most likely somewhere at the youngest, 34, or up to 38 or 39 even. Hmm. Um, don't use the illustration that, oh, that at the book is old. Uh, yeah, but it's good. It's still it's a winner. Um, it, Kostenberger says, don't use the the uh, illustration that some pastors use that because the Bible never mentions that the disciples ate lamb at the Passover, that it was pointing to the fact that Jesus was the Passover lamb. That's uh, silence by omission, and and probably they did eat lamb. It just didn't specifically say that. Hmm. Uh, don't say things like the crowds worship Jesus on Palm Sunday and then cried out for his crucifixion on Good Friday, hmm. because quite frankly, that was there was different crowds, different situation, um, and uh, the crowds shouting Hosanna to Jesus were thinking that he was their political rescuer, a different understanding of the Messiah than he actually was. Those kind of things. Does that make for bad preaching? Uh, you know, I think one thing. Look, if if don't. PSA, as you said earlier, don't intentionally don't intentionally put errors in your message. Sure. Okay. Most of the time, the problem is though you don't know you're making an error, and and mm. so this would be like, you know, on. I just think you have to be careful that you you get so tied up in worrying about every single word in terms of. Um, oh, is this you know? Am I am I exactly right here? Am I am I missing something there? Um, you could almost you just overthink the message, and you end up. Um, I, I just think you could end up torturing yourself trying to trying to 
stare at a, at a message that you've wrote and just think, oh man, am I, you know, is this the perfect illustration right here? Is, are these, is this, um, Am I absolutely accurate in this in this um, you know in this statistic and things like that? I just think you could you can get so worked up in it that you end up you know missing the bigger picture. Ultimately, you're seeking out the power of Christ and 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 hopefully preaching His word and letting His word go out and trusting that it's going to do what it's meant to do. And and if there's an error there. Um, God can still be glorified, and in other words, even if you use one of those illustrations and you said Jesus was 33 when he died, I, d- I don't think someone's going to miss getting saved because you got that number wrong. I, I think that um, I think that uh, I- the power is in the word, not in you getting all those things right. Now, I- someone, I'm not saying intentionally be wrong. And I'm not saying don't fact check a statistic or something like that. Um, you know, if you heard Jesus was 33, check into that. But I'm just, I'm saying, I know you, you, you're kind of looking at me puzzled like you disagree, but I'm just saying if, you, if you're going line through well, line worried about every, you know, every fact, every fact, I don't know that that's where the focus needs, I don't know that that's where your focus needs to be. I could easily go down a rabbit trail, um, and so I'm trying. I'm trying not to do that. That's part of the the look you were noting. I'm, I was trying to find a way to talk in, in general, in generality, without taking us down a rabbit trail. But but why not be that concerned over the facts? I mean, you know, and in, in, in here here's why I'm asking in a general term is that you know we have all sorts of warnings in the word of, of those who accept the office of pastor, elder, or teacher, basically being on your guard because of of the the role you you have, and and I, I do understand what you're saying. Not quibbling over thirty three, thirty four, thirty eight when Jesus died. I, I do get that, but the the whole the the lamb thing and, and the uh, omission or truth, you know. So I think of some illustrations I've seen used in church that are really pretty and really good and completely unbiblical, and so. If if we as ministers of the gospel cheapen the the message, not that we can cheapen what the Lord did, but we cheapen the message by being frivolous with our presentation of it, I do think that's ill advised. Look, I'm not, you know, someone who's hearing that maybe or hearing this for the first time. I I, I take preaching. I'm not talking. I'm not take, talking no, about. No, I, yeah, no, but I'm saying I take it very okay. seriously. For the record, and, I was not calling times, out David or Chase. No, there are times where. Now, for example, I, I've heard for years this thing, this illustration. Have you ever heard about how Jesus, how the tomb clothes were folded? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay so there's this thing about how the tomb clothes were folded, and if you, I forgot what it is, but something about if if you folded things a certain way, it meant you were coming back, and yes, and if you folded another way, it meant you weren't coming back, and so Jesus's the description of his tomb clothings was yeah. such that it, it showed he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't coming back to the grave. A public service announcement: Those kind of cutesy illustrations are almost always. Bo- well, and I asked, and, and, and before about. and before I went and talked, I, I'd heard that, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. But I thought, you know, I'm not going to preach that without checking into that first because I'm not sure if that's right. So I asked a friend of mine who is um, kind of a Jewish, um, I'm going to call him scholar, but but he's well versed in that, and 
And I asked him about it, and he said, yes. He said, I, I've heard that before. I actually checked in with a, a friend of mine who is a Jewish expert, and he laughed. He said, that, <laughs> that's laughable. That That is not – it's not true. And so I was like, okay, I'm glad I checked. I wouldn't use that illustration. But I, I'm just saying things like um, numbers and facts. There's sometimes where I that's will – stuff I'm talking I will about hear there, a like number. It, okay, yeah. I'll hear a number and, you know, whatever. 90 not, – what, what do they throw out? Um Fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've never checked that fact. Right. It's not true. Believe it or not. Is it not? It okay. Is really not. Whenever no. I've mentioned that in a sermon, I I will say something like, "Now I've heard the fact. Yep. I don't know that this is accurate, but I've heard blah blah blah." I'll try to say it that way, I, and that's kind of where I'm going. Is yeah. That oh, yeah. It's it's. I guess if the number or the stat you're using is the main focus of your message, mm. you definitely want to you know. But if it's just a side. You throw out Jesus is thirty. Jesus was thirty three, which is typically the age that I've I've heard he was. Yes, I, I just you know say he was around thirty three, but I, I don't know that you got to spend two hours trying to check fact check something like that in order to make sure because ultimately the message isn't isn't based on right. But what that. I, what the, I'm the, getting the fruit at. of the message is not based on the thing I'm pushing back on right. is that cutesy illustration and that being the. The lead into the altar call of your message, you know, believers, you got to believe because these grave col- clothes are folded and he's coming back. For I, you. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And that's yeah. that's the stuff I'm – I get okay. what you're saying. I, right. I, just, so, it, I think you can get focused on the wrong things in a sermon. That, that's, that's, that's what I'm getting I at. agree. All right. So what I'm hearing so far – we'll do one more of these. What I'm hearing so far is that length of the sermon doesn't necessarily make for bad preaching one way or the other. I am hearing that having bad facts can undermine the sermon to a degree, but not destroy it. But the unbiblical, or the the extra biblical use of illustrations, especially to try to make cute points and sound good or whatever, when they're not factually true, can certainly undermine the integrity of a sermon, especially when somebody hears that this stuff is mythological. Um, that's a little bit more serious than getting your facts wrong. Final question to you guys. What about, what does this make for bad preaching? Does the taking of the word out of context or using it to justify things that it itself does not justify? I'm going to give you two examples and then you guys can spout off. Example number one from our own state of Alabama, Isaac Taylor Tickener who was a Civil War preacher from Montgomery, preached a message oh, no. that justified slavery and the South, uh, South aggression in the Civil War. One of his lines was this, If God governs the world, then his hand is in this war in which we are engaged. It matters not that the wickedness of men brought it upon us, that it was caused by the mad attempts of fanaticism to deprive us of our rights, overthrow our institutions, and impose upon us a yoke which is free men we had resolved never to bear. I love Chase's old voice. Did he sound like that? Yes. That was a recording, actually. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, maybe it wasn't. YouTube uh, was around back then, huh? Indeed. <laughs> so Pastor Tickener goes on in that message to essentially promise the Southerners listening to him in the midst of the war, having faced many defeats and the loss of many soldiers, he goes on to try to use the Bible to assure them that God is with them in their cause and in their fight. 
I don't want to turn this into a uh, an issue of whether the Civil War was over slavery or states' rights or whatever. I'm just saying that's a terrible use of Scripture to prove a point. Does that make for bad preaching? One more example, then I'll shut up. And that is the example that happened this week in the fair state of Tennessee in the fair city of Nashville. Why the South got to make headlines? I don't know, but uh, in this particular case, Pastor Stan Mitchell of Grace Point Church, whose motto is love God, love self, love others, and I'm not making that up, said... Did you say love God? Uh, love, love God, self, love self, love, love others, others is okay. their motto. He, I, there's not, can't be anything wrong with that. <laughs> it is interesting. That, that would be a... That would have been a good motto to do some fact check fact checking. <laughs> I can't talk. Fact check. You know. Perhaps I thought so. you said it wasn't necessary. It's he, necessary then. Okay, I changed my mind. <laughs> That's why it is definitely necessary. Forget everything I said earlier. So Nick wins. Um, yes. You. I mean, that doesn't. I've take, made two good points, and I win an argument with David. That this is the best day ever. I have a headache. That doesn't take. <laughs> I'm off my game. That doesn't take. I mean, that's not. You know, take a lot of fact. Checking. I mean, read some of the New Testament. Yes, where, many you know, times. Don't I actually, think, don't think just yourself. the motto was. Don't think highly of yourself. Yes, but, but anyway, he preached a message this week. This week, out of Luke chapter two, the Emmaus Road Epiphany, where Jesus reveals himself to Cleopas and the unnamed disciple, and shows how all of the scriptures point to himself. One of the most profound instances, and I said Luke chapter two. It's not in Luke chapter two. It's at the end of Luke. Um, Oh, error. Error. I, I corrected Dang. myself. You should have. Um, one of the most. Done a better job there. I, 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 I did correct on the fly. With an error? Um, one of the most profound instances in Scripture um, in Luke 24. I was close. <laughs> Only 22 chapters it away. It had a two in it. Yes. Uh, it, one of the most profound passages of Scriptures where there's a, a huge epiphany. Scott Mitchell, Stan Mitchell, preached on that passage, turned around to his congregation and said, Likewise, we have had an epiphany at this church that uh, homosexual behavior is is um, – we are on the side of equality in marriage. There's no problem with homosexual behavior. He says, quote, could you be a church in Selma and not march just – handle your own community. I don't think I can do that. We are on the front edge of a movement that means so much. In other words, he justified his church's flipping on the issue of homosexuality by saying, by using Luke 24 and saying we have an epiphany. Does that sort of thing make for bad preaching? No, that's fine. Okay, Nick. Oh, that, I'm sorry. That was my... That Is was, your headache okay? That was, you that was my arch rifle. <laughs> Heretic verbiage that uh, <laughs> that uh, piped in there. Yeah, he piped in. And I, I'll have to kill him later. Yes, that's horrible. I mean, that's that's not preaching. What is it? Well, preaching would be like proclamation of the word of God. That's not. That's not at all. That's a bending, twi- perhaps. No, it's a twisting. Twisting. Well, that's fine. It, it's using to to say, well, Jesus. Opened people's eyes and gave them new insights. Um, yeah, Jesus can do that, and, and and has done that. But Jesus is not today giving us new insights that are contrary to the rest of His written word. That's not to be able to say, well, He did this once. You know, He He opened people's eyes and let them see something that they didn't understand, and so. That's what he's doing today. He's opening our eyes to something new. 
And that something new is completely against the teaching of the New Testament, but that's okay because he's, he's granting us new epiphanies. What, that's horrible. That's not preaching. But what is said about those that try to add to the word? I can't remember. There's well, in Revelation, there's it doesn't quite, go quite well few, for them. Yeah, quite a few things. Let me ask you guys this: I think we all believe that the New Testament does forbid homosexuality and and various uh, homosexual sex activity and various forms of heterosexual sex activity. Do you think it's worse to try to bend the scriptures to justify that, or do you think it's worse to do what Stan Mitchell did, which is to say God approves it now, although He didn't then? Uh. Reset your question again. I'm sorry. Is it worse to twist the scriptures to make it say sin is okay, or is it worse to say it may have been bad back then, but God has given us an epiphany that it's good now? I have more respect. Respect's probably about not the best word, but I do have more respect for people that just say, uh, look, I don't believe the Bible. I, I don't believe that that's God's word. <laughs> and so here's why I'm taking this position that I'm taking. I can at least go, okay. I hear where you're coming from. I can I can respect that position. I do believe this is God's word, and I stand on it. You don't believe it's God's word, and therefore you're taking a different position. And we can have a conversation off of that. I, I have more respect for that than I do for someone who says, "Oh, well, you know, God's word clearly ordained you know uh, uh, ordains homosexuality." Look at David and Jonathan. You know when when David said. What is it? I, I, Your love is is better to me than the love of one. Yes, I, they were clearly gay. I mean, that's those kind that kind of twisting. And then you look of, at the rest of David's life. But, uh. That kind of twisting of scripture um, to make it match, and, and I think though that's that shows people ultimately know it's wrong. They ultimately know they're in the wrong, and they're trying to find something authoritative to to. To stand on, and so they they go in and try, you know, the the that's what they go and try to twist it. Yeah. What's the guys the guy that wrote the book, Matt? Um, Matt, uh, shoot, Vines. Matthew yeah, Matthew Vines. Vines. You know, I mean, that's what his whole book is about: is showing that oh, well, the New Testament just forbids. It doesn't forbid monogamous, faithful, homosexual relationships and marriage. It's just forbidding yeah. pedophilia and. Uh, homosexual attacks and things like that. Yeah. So, and look, you can disagree with the Bible Bible sex ethic. Just don't twist it to say something that it doesn't say, which is what Vines did. Uh, yeah, I'm, it feels like we left the, the question a little bit because the two things you put forward both make me cringe e- equally, and, and I think it goes um, <laughs> equally bad for the those those who do both. I Speaking to what the, the gentleman in the, the sermon seemed to try to do, where where you equate I, I don't know. I, I'm torn over the issue of gay marriage anyway because it, it seems like a it's a state in, or, uh, acknowledged, excuse me, regulated, acknowledged issue in some regards. Um, but to try to equate that to the to the oppression and the abuse that you see of African Americans during the civil rights movement, just I don't know. Something about that doesn't it, well doesn't add up t- t- to me. Um, and, and there, I, there doesn't seem to be. I, if I was African American, I would be offended by that. that I guess that's my my. And I understand there, there are homosexuals or, or you know uh, bisexual transgender people that are um, segregated from society and made to feel less than. And I am in no way advocating 
trying to acknowledge that that is in any way okay. I think it's deplorable. And I think it's a disgrace, especially when Christians use the Bible as a shield by which to do it. I, I think you need to be smacked with said Bible. And anyway, I'm sorry, um, but but to say, better hope you don't have one of those thin lines because they really won't do a lot of damage. I'm talking about my ESV study Bible. I will okay. knock you out with yeah, one. That hit. won't take you down. Um, but but to to say the the kind of struggle over what's happening with gay marriage or not in the states right now is, is the same as the civil rights and i we are in Bur- we are from birmingham and, and the 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 legacy we have of people t- with fire hoses taken to them and, and things like that forgive us we're Lord. talking absolutely and and, that, and those two things are different to me and and so well and, and then when you take the scripture to try to meld yeah, those two exactly. together come on man and like, that's what i was going to say on, you you man. can you can take that point that what he did there is common and you could almost do it for any issue you see prosperity gospel teachers do it you see you know people of cults and and false gospels that's what they're doing is they're twisting the word to make it meet mm-hmm. Um, and it's moving away from sound doctrine. And, and I, and I want to say this is uh, – because I've been sitting here contemplating. I think probably my comments about the error in the messages um, came off wrong and uh, for whatever reason have a hard time with that in communicating what I mean. But maybe I would say this. My – you have a limited amount of time to put a message together. Sure. You're going to be, I believe, according to Scripture, held accountable for teaching one day. Yes. If you if you aim to be a teacher, you're going to be held accountable for that. Mm. I'm not sure, it, where I am right now, that that part of being held accountable is, did I get Jesus' age right when he died? Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, or was I right on a stat about the divorce rate in America? Okay, yeah. I think those things like, could undermine the credibility of your message. Someone okay. hears that and they go, well, that's not the divorce rate. And then that causes them to wonder about the rest of your message. But what I'm saying is I think there's grace for those kinds of errors. Correct them when you see them. Be careful before you, before you use cutesy illustrations. Mm. But what the we're going to be held accountable for is how well our teaching lined up with true doctrine. And if, if you've got to be worried about something in a message, be worried about that. Be worried that you're teaching true, right, biblical doctrine that matches what God has said. And if, you know, not necessarily if you're getting every single statistic you use is is absolutely correct. No, I, I that, that's where, where I was going from. with that. This is Nick the kind was taking of thing a that different there's no grace. There's, I don't think there's grace for this in terms of twisting God's word purposefully to match you know, what, what you, you know, a new revelation that you have. Mm. Yep. Good deal. Well, I'll close this out with a quote from our old friend, friend of the show, John Piper, <laughs> one of my it's heroes. Only. The Bible-oriented preacher wants the congregation to know that his words, if they have any abiding worth, are in accord with God's words. He wants this to be obvious to them. That is part of his humility and his authority. Therefore, he constantly tries to show the people that his ideas are coming from the Bible. He is hesitant to go too far toward points that are not demonstrable from the Bible. Amen, Brother Piper. Amen, and good use of a hard word, demonstrable. Thank you. Look, that man should have been a professor or something. He does actually do some of that. Maybe a preacher. All right. Well, great discussion there, guys. It is time for, again this week, the uh, Hall Monitor segment. And uh, this week we are joined 
from the other side of the pond by Chris. Now I go Chris Studdod, but I'm, I don't really actually think I pronounce Chris's last name correctly. I bet how, he chuckles every time. How he do you say it? it? I say Chris Studdod. So regardless, Chris S uh, from <laughs> from the UK is on with us. Uh, the Scarlet Smoggy. The Scarlet Smoggy. That's right. Yeah. Chris, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on. It is Stuttard. Stuttard. Okay, good. Stuttard. We're, we're not saying the T hard enough. No, Stuttard. So that's good Stuttard. stuff. Well, I yeah, I just look. I found a niche that worked, and I went with it. So I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so, all right. It's all right. Um, you know, us Irishmen, we're used to our names getting butchered uh, yeah, all the time. So, <laughs> so Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, you are in. Uh, are Are you outside London? Where Where exactly are you? Looking? I'm quite quite a bit outside London. I'm in the northeast of England, um, in a town called Middlesbrough. About a, which, a an hour north of Leeds. Is that not right? That is about right, yeah. Okay. That is about right. Um, it was a couple of years ago uh, listed as the worst place to live in, in England. Oh, you're kidding. It's on the coast. Uh, well, exactly. What happened? The, but what, what, I think what got it was, you that mark? I think it was the southerners. They, they're a bit scared to go past Birmingham, really. I think that's what it was. <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, so I'm a, a joint pastor of a, a small house church, um, and I have uh, three adorable children, um, Hannah, Rebecca, and Elisha, uh, a wonderful wife, Rachel, who uh, listens to your program. She isn't a member of the Hall of Dogma yet, but I'm sure we can organize that. And Shout out to her. Yeah, we need to get her to join. As long I as have David nothing to does, do right now. <laughs> as long as David doesn't stalk her, that'll be fine. Yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe you should just kind of keep her in the background there, Chris. That's the safest thing. That's all right. I'm just going to right now while you're talking. I'm going to go back to like Tony's wife or Jeremiah's wife. Help us, Lord. This is not okay. So, uh, all right. So, um, you have now. When, how long have you been listening to the show, Chris? Uh, it's been a while, right? Uh, it's been. It's. I wouldn't say it was from the start, but it's pretty not. Lo- it must be in episode two or three. Okay, oh, wow. So I missed all the pilots. Did you just? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they're out there. Uh, we can send you some, <laughs> we can send you some copies. So do you? Uh, do you? Um, do you remember how you found us? Was it on on the Twitter, or did you um, stumble across us another way? I I was trying to remember. I was thinking, how did I? How did I come across? And I think it was possibly the Twitter, yeah. Okay. That I came across and, and just searched here on iTunes and listened in, and you haven't got rid of me yet. Yeah, well, we, we are uh, quite honored to have you listen. And as I recall, you were one of the first uh, international livers that we uh, that we connected with. So um, And, and uh, very active are you in the Hall of Dogma uh, quite, on, uh, quite often in there. So we appreciate you... Um, you interacting, um, but so interested just, uh, from our standpoint, um, you know, not, um, you know, being here in the United States, uh, just curious always for me, you know, other cultures and, um, countries and, and, you know, what are, what's going on there, especially with the gospel. Although I will mention that we've had some conversations with you about the differences in the McDonald's, mm-hmm. uh, 
And I noticed very important. That, well, see, here's the thing. I came across an article this week that the new CEO of McDonald's is actually a British guy. Well, how about that? And they were talking about some of the changes that he might bring to all McDonald's. And one of the things they mentioned, like, is common in British uh, McDonald's, is um, fish sticks. Oh. Uh, do y'all have those, Chris? At the, the um, possibly, but I don't think I've ever. Had had them had those okay so they have you. they have these like the the fish sticks and and they were talking about maybe they'd bring those to all McDonald's bring a little British well, well I've heard they're going to replace French fries with chips so we'll see <laughs> I think it's very similar right okay yeah. so anyway but but let's not talk about food differences let's talk about uh, gospel uh, the maybe gospel differences or the gospel situation so you're a you're a house church pastor and yeah. uh, how long have you been doing that. We have been running for about two years, I think it is now. Okay. Okay. So, so talk about talk the, about I, I said earlier to you in the week, the state of the gospel in the UK, but maybe, and what I mean by that is just some of the challenges um, that, are, that are faced there and perhaps the state of the church um, mm. as, you, as you see it. I, th- I think that um, when you say to church to people, in this country that it 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 sort of means one of two things really the the initial thought is anglican church of england okay or um catholic um and definitely in the media it's sort of when church is mentioned that it's like it, it is that that definition and um obviously with what's been going on with Libby Lane um, last week being ordained as the first um, female uh, bishop of the Church of England. The media was out in force and promoting equal- that, that the church has finally got equality and, and things like that. So um, I think for the, for the churches that are, are not that um, sort of thing, it, it can sometimes paint a bit of a tainted picture, if you understand what I'm saying. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm because I had a converse, conversation um, with a guy over text this week about the Libby Lane, and he started it. To be honest, he was just like, "What's what's all this about Libby Lane? Blah blah blah. Church. It's just a bunch of hypocrites. You say one thing, and then you do something else, sort of thing, and." just this um sense that as church as church seems to follow culture there seems to be a um a loss of trust in it if you understand what i'm saying as um people are like saying well how come you keep changing your mind how come you're backing this how come you're doing that sort of thing if that makes sense sure so so i think on that on that front with some people it is hard and i think the, in this in in this country um the best thing we can do is actually act so it's that compassionate acts it's the um i mean food banks are a massive thing in this country at the moment huh. um and there's a massive uproar really about that that we have to actually even have them but they're growing at such a dramatic rate and thankfully it's the church that is behind a lot of that and f- and finding these ways just to meet the needs of 
the local community and ensure that actually we're, we're more than just words. We are actions as well. Fantastic. All right, I've got a question for you, Chris. Um, along the lines of what kind of model church do you have, if any? Like, for instance, here at the uh, Hall of Dogma Church, about three, four years ago, we kind of brought in something called Gospel Communities. And in doing that, we were heavily influenced by a couple of guys from the UK, uh, a guy named Steve Timmis, who is from Sheffield, uh, which I think is just a couple hours south of you guys. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. And uh, uh, Tim Chester. Um, they they do a you know kind of a, a house church thing there. What what kind of model do you guys follow? Like I said, if any sort of model. Um, I, do we? I don't. I would say we probably don't follow a model, but um, there are probably similar models out there. If that makes sense. Um, we sort of came out of a church where we, me and Rob, the guy I lead the church with, felt that that God was calling us to be more active in the community and and do more and not make church more than a social club, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, and And that just wasn't happening in that church. And so we felt God was saying, look, start something new. And and we felt that the only obvious place to to look at that was Acts. So we've been as a church Amen. looking through Acts, going um, looking at how they did it, looking at um, what structures they had, and obviously looking at Tim at uh, Paul's instruction to Timothy about elders and deacons and things like this, and 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 so hey, we've, we've still there. We we yeah, lost you for a little bit. There's been a little. Oh, bit right. of I'm a... sorry. Buzz in your line? Can y'all hear? Oh, right. I hear him. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. I lied on accident. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That's all right. Keep going. We, we, I think um, we can hear you at least. Okay. Yeah. Skype is right. our Skype system is new here. So okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, we were just we just wanted to go down there. We wanted to to come in empty, if that makes sense, and not not bring any any ideas, not bring any thoughts of our own, and just say, okay, God, what do you want to do? What's what's the Bible say about church? What do you what are you saying to us? Sort of thing instead of going, well, well, we want a worship service. We want to say the liturgy. We want to have twelve prayer meetings. Does that make sense? That's a little revolutionary. Uh, looking at um, looking at the New Testament, sort of like a book written by somebody else. That's. Um, it's kind of a wild that's idea. good. That's kind of I, a wild idea. I love that. So, did you? Um, did you? Uh, so, what's a typical gathering? Um, so, so currently we we meet uh, on a Monday for a prayer meeting. Um, on a Tuesday, we're just starting a discipleship course with the church in Darlington. Um, on a Friday, that's our main meeting. We have like a Bible study, so it's more looking at a, a passage of, the, of Scripture, talking about it, discussing it, and applying it to our lives. And then on a Sunday morning, we um, go to like a different church sort of thing, because where we are, Sunday morning is is sleeping morning, if oh, that really? makes sense. Yeah. So like it's kind of like that church. around here. We 
We just roll in late. At the, at the, <laughs> at the, the church doesn't always say, uh, yeah. Everybody's grab, coming start in and grabbing coffee. Fluid. Yeah. 50% of our people that really do probably come in after the start time. Help us, Lord. Uh, and then on a Sunday evening, we've started something called Food and Fellowship, where we uh, bring and share a meal together and, and just have some time chatting, watch um, a DVD like talk for 20 minutes and then very informally discuss it and they've been really popular and people from other churches have actually who haven't got anything on on the sunday night have come and joined us in that as well what kind of dvds do y'all use uh we're currently going through the um answers in genesis foundations course so talking about foundations of evangelism and um, other like creation and things like that. So I thought you were going to thought, share like a Rob Bell set DVD. <laughs> I was, wasn't sure if we. Would That's next. To, uh... That's next. <laughs> okay, well, good plan. Really awesome. So uh, that's good. So um, now no, we noticed in the uh, Hall of Dogma too yesterday that um, you um, uh, watched God's Not Dead. Yeah. Last night. So, what was your? Um, we've we've had much discussion here about God's not You're dead. This now. Yeah. So I just yeah. Want, I'm curious. What was your uh, What was your take? Um, I've I've sort of been putting it off because I've noticed that on the Hall of Dog Watch Me, I started. I said I just put watching God's Not Dead, and then like 20 comments later. Probably <laughs> <laughs> too. Probably didn't take any time at all. Um, now, in a, the general Emmanuel, he was one of the first, uh, the, I think, to, to uh, pop in there and uh, and make a comment because he's a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I think his comment was something along the lines of, "Was there no paint drying?" Yes, that's <laughs> what he asked. Or grass growing? Or grass growing? Um, to be honest, that there's parts of it I actually quite enjoyed. Um, I'm sorry, Emmanuel. Um, yeah, it's a bit cheesy. It's a bit OTT at times, but I thought some of it I really enjoyed and 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 in and got some stuff out of it. So awesome. I don't, I didn't, I didn't think it was a complete no hope. Well, that's well, you know, to me, I liked it, and uh, but Chase and Emmanuel just um, they 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 actually have us on the list of. You know, I don't. Think, defi- I don't think we're. I don't think they consider us real Christians. No, to like defend it, myself, <laughs> I like the apologetics content of it. I think yeah. it's actually some of the best apologetic stuff I've ever seen in a movie. It's yeah. just I, it, there's a little. It, it, I, looking at it from the point of view of an atheist, I feel like they paint the quote unchristian characters in, in such a harsh light. I, my fear yeah. is it drives them away it's like a, a bit. Bad Disney villain. It's sort of like that, yeah. It's a little bit like as Chris said. It's OTT. It's over the top. Um, that, yeah. I don't hate it. It, it just, you know, I, that's my fear with that movie. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more subtlety in that area. So, according to the comments on Chris's post where he talked about he was watching it, there's they're actually coming out with a sequel. I heard so, that. God's still not dead. No, that is not true. Is, is, that's not true, is it? Do the Newsboys need a new single for a new album? Uh, I'm sure. Well, well, Chris. So, Chris. By the way, I looked up the Libby Lane uh, because I wasn't oh, right. I wasn't familiar with that, but uh, I just see that it's uh, she's the first um, um, bishop. Yep. Um, in the church, I'm trying to yep. read here, but the first woman bishop in centuries of uh, male leadership. So, um, 
so basically, you know, kind of tie back back in. What I hear you say is uh, is one of the biggest challenges there is that that so many people in the country relate um, the belief um, and and religion back to what they know of the church, uh, yeah. the main the Church of England, and and so mm-hmm. you guys, like what you've set out to do is just try to um, try to uh, show something different, like the. Um, uh, I guess the true gospel and, and not just speaking it, but also out there and, um, and showing it by your acts of service. Yeah, definitely. I think the times that we live in, and it may be the same in America, um, that people are sick of hearing words said to them or said at them, if that makes sense. And this, and they sick of people one day saying, Oh, that's really bad what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. And then, months down the line going oh no we accept it we go with you um sort of thing they want to see that actually we do love people we do want to make a difference where god's put us and it's about showing that in in actions instead of just saying oh yeah we we care about south bank we care about this community blah 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 but not actually doing anything well that's just it's just hot air we need to be making a difference uh, and doing small things, big things, whatever, just to, to say, look, we, we love you. God loves you. And we, and we want to make a difference in this place. And there is hope and mercy and grace at the cross of, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> well, look, we, uh, we certainly pray that, um, that, uh, the church there that you're, you have a chance to uh, co-lead is, um, sees much fruit. Uh, born out of that work, and uh, we are very thankful to you for listening and and being a part of the Hall of Dogma. And uh, if you are not, uh, if if someone's listening and you're not a part of the Hall of Dogma on Facebook, it is worth it just to go and read a couple of the discussions that Chris started about worship music and uh, the kind. Uh, they were pretty epic uh, as far as <laughs> as far as uh, as discussions go. But uh, uh, Chris, we are very thankful for you as a listener and Absolutely. thankful for you coming on the show today with us. Oh, thank you very much for the opportunity and, and keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's it's a blessing to be part of it. And as you've said, the Hall of Dogma is, is superb. Just chatting to people, people of different opinions. And you, you can you can think something, put something out there, but somebody will come along with a different opinion. You go, oh, I never, I never thought of it like that. And nobody's jumping down anybody's throat. And it's it's all done in love. And that's the most important thing. Amen. That's, I think Good. that's what what makes the uh, the hall uh, there very special. So, uh, but uh, hey, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on tonight, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to do this again sometime. Definitely. Thank you very much. You too. Great. Uh, and uh, three, Nick. Sorry, he's back. <laughs> yeah, been in and out. So thank you. Thank that's you, Chris. Right. God bless right, you. Grace God peace to, you. to your you. work in the UK. Thank you, and you too. Grace and peace. Thanks, thanks man. Grace and peace, indeed. All right, we're back. We want to thank Chris Studdard for his time and for that great interview. We did have some sound difficulties in there during that, but uh, still, that, that, was, that was good by stuff. Because my medicine kicked in, I'm sorry. I, it was it was just you know one of those things. I will say this: I love people from the UK, and it just fills me with joy to talk to a, a UK guy with that kind of awesome accent. It thrills me Happy. that we have people listening to the show other than our family and. And someone in another country is it, uh, a bonus. It thrills Huge. me to hear a fellow believer across the world and 
Oh, how the gospels. Good job, being Captain Spiritual. <laughs> yeah, that too. You win. That too. You're just trying to you're trying to win over all your fans in the free Nick club out there on Twitter. <laughs> For those who can't see, David straight into the hashtags. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of uh, Twitter and some uh, listeners, we do have some out there. We appreciate you guys. A lot of feedback from last week's show where we dealt with uh, Matthew seven, and um, uh, who would have thought? Like. You know, biblical discussion on a Christian podcast, we get a lot of feedback, but it did. So you're right Probably for once. More, more feedback than we've had in a long time. At a non-church member said, love the new episode. Um, just thought uh, to throw at, just a thought to throw at this serious discussion, which was a uh, picture of a quote about how Jesus never instructed anyone to um, ask him into their heart. Uh, when we talked about salvation. Hmm. So well uh, said, David Platt. <laughs> who is very clearly, as we've just unearthed, a non-church member. Hey. And I agree with you, <laughs> so you David think, Platt. So you think um, the um, the parody account there is actually David Platt? Well, yes. Yeah, I think John Piper is actually uh, Old Paths Guide. That's why I say he's a friend of the show, because I know they li- actually listen. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> interesting. By that, Funky Stickman, at Funky Stickman, the maker of awesome music, including our... Outro music. music. Episode 35 touched me 20 years ago. I was convicted when I realized seed on Mm. rocky ground produces no fruit. I was shallow, which was uh, part of our discussion from last week. I think he's actually Mark Dever. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Well, speaking of someone who is not um, part of any type of anonymous accounts, um, at least that I know of, Stacy Lawson at Stacy Lawson 74 said, great discussion this week. I pastor in the South and decision is, Decisionism is rampant and also hard to say. Yes, decisionism. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I shut a spasm in my tongue. Decisionism is indeed decisionism hard to say. Decisionism is hard to say. Which decisionism is. Really? Are you just playing with that fire word, right now? Deism. Deism, is, what? Well, that's, no, that's that would be something different. completely different. Decisionism it? is superior to deism. Okay, decisionism is the, uh, I think what we were talking about last week in terms of people uh, really putting an emphasis on trying to see people make decisions and then count True. those at numbers in their, um, you know, how many decisions someone made for Christ yeah, at well, a particular conference or uh, yes. things like that. Thank you, Stacy, a.k.a. Francis Chan. We know who you are. <laughs> Peter Z. At Peter Zothout. Zoetout? 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 Thanks for a great... Peter Licorice. How about that? Okay. Thanks for a great episode 35. (laughs) Now having many deep thoughts over Matthew 7, especially comparing verse 22 to uh, Fruits of the Spirit. A true story. Peter Z is in Perth, Australia. Yes, he is. Which is the... This is for real. It is the furthest major city away from Birmingham. Furthest. Furthest. Furthest major city away from Birmingham, Alabama. How did we get our own podcast with this much linguistic issues? There's grace for that. Okay. There you go. And Tony Staley, at Tony Staley, said, literally driving down the road screaming superhero names as I listened to the Gospel Friends podcast. Owned it, by the way, talking about our little trivia game from last week. (laughs) Glad you weren't using public transport. (laughs) Yeah, That's a good good point. Mr. Fantastic. What? <laughs> so, uh, gr- one David got right. <laughs> no, I don't think I got that one right. Almost beat Nick. Almost. Hey, we also want to ask everybody to pray for uh, Kyle Snitko has been posting about yeah. his sister. Uh, she's having some surgery and, and some heart issues. I don't know her name, but uh, we want to give you a shout out, Kyle, and we will be praying, brother. Amen. 
Thank you. And and we uh, do, when we see those in the Hall of Dogma, I think it's a great place to post some prayer requests. And I know people do pray for those and, and, and just saw, saw some this week that we were praying for, different people posting things in, in the in the hall, which is one reason that we kind of keep it a, a closed group yeah. now. But um, thanks, everyone. And, and interact with us. We're, we're, we talk about the Hall of Dogma a lot, but we... Uh, we're on Twitter every day and reading those accounts and those comments and uh, try to interact with people out there. So, so please contact us from, uh, from both. What is our Twitter venues. handle again? David? At my gospel friends. That's right. How can they get to the hall of dogma? Hall of dogma.com or facebook.com forward slash hall of dogma. There you go. We also have a voicemail this week from Dr. Septum. We uh, challenged him last week to call in and explain himself when it comes to <laughs> his love for Guardians of the Galaxy, actually his hatred for Captain America, he's, he's the a Winter lack Soldier. Of a pre- I'm sorry. So, uh, That's let, a fine let, movie. Let's, let's uh, give Dr. Septum some airtime uh, by playing his voicemail. Here we go. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Hello, Gospel Friends. This is Dot. There's nothing here. You know, the nasal warrior has been brought to my attention that you guys were lower okay, rate origins stop. of let's the galaxy. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. Okay. Hello, Gospel Friends. This is uh, Dr. Septum here. You know, the nasal warrior. It has been brought to my attention that you guys were low-rating guardians of the galaxy, or as the people in the know call it, GOG. Well, Rev Herbage even said, that Captain America Winter Soldier was better? Look, Captain America was so boring that I turned it off 10 minutes in. They might as well have called it Captain America Winter Solstice. I can see the plot now. The days are getting shorter. The nights are getting longer. What has Hydra done? Captain America Winter Solstice. Look, that would have been a better story than Winter Soldier. You know what was better about Gardens of the Galaxy? Then Captain America Winter Soldier, the scene where Star-Lord was lip-syncing Red Bones Come and Get Your Love into a rat that he was pretending was a microphone. You know what else was better than Captain America Winter Soldier? The credits. No, no, not the scene at the end of the credit. That would that that's just the words scrolling down the screen. You know, the words that say like best boy, gaffer, chief caterer. That was better than the whole movie Captain America Winter Soldier. Seriously, here's what was better. Better plot. Better character development, better monologue, better stating, and a 70s soundtrack in a futuristic sci-fi movie? Come on. The Legend of Footloose? A dance-off? And I Am Group? No contest. Sep them out. Look, he didn't even... <laughs> that was a good line. Like, he, he didn't... He watched, he watched 15 minutes of it. I mean, how... You can't get... The winter solstice thing was pretty funny. It's funny. not accurate. It's, but it's funny. funny. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Okay. I, well, hey, I'm not going to – we asked him to call in and explain himself. So let pretty, it's a pretty good explanation. There I still have got to see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's good. All right. Listen, we, we've got a Super Bowl gathering that's about to go down here at the <laughs> like Hall of Dogma. Minutes. We haven't forgot anything, have we? We got everything in we were supposed to do today? Uh, oh, wait, wait. We want to pray for James McSorley. He's sharing the gospel with his parents, our friend from Ireland. Oh, really? So, Lord, cover that in grace. It just Amen. came in on the hot wire. On the but hot other wire. Than, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I don't, did we forget anything? I see. I had my segment. Okay, I had mine. You had your segment. We had Chris on. We had listener feedback. It's a real good thing that this is a radio show. We had... Wait, wait. Nick might have an idea of what we missed. Yeah, we had oh, Kevin, got an idea. We had Kevin's voicemail. We got the vo- that was it. We missed the voicemail. voicemail. Okay, all right. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Friends. Yes, 
Well, the word gospel friends. Um, if you want to contact us what at my gospel friends on social media, on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash group slash hall of dogma or hall of dogma.com. Uh, voicemail, um, 205-575-9735. Speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends if long distance charges are an issue. And hey, Sean and Jeff the Funky Stick Man provide music for the show, and they do a great job, and we hear all the time from people who love you guys' music. So hey, but God not, bless you and thank you. It's not, you know, Sean Funky it Stick Man. Like it was Sean They're not like brothers. And Jeff the Funky <laughs> Sean and Jeff. Man. No, it's a band. It's an old stick school. Man. Sean and the Funky Stick Man. <laughs> we we got to put those two guys together, by the way. So that could be epic. That would be a good name. All right. Well,. To get out of here today, um, we're going to do a callback to Pat's win. Yes. Oh, wait. I was giving my predictions. Go, Pat's. Um, to the old school podcast we Part used to do with uh, – we were all on with a couple of other friends of ours, Geek Out, and uh, epic show where you would hear at the end of the show. Tune in ne- next week where you may hear David say, So, I wonder what Chase's favorite planet is. <laughs> It's not the eighth and it's not the sixth. That's your end. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine.